Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, brought to you by AT&T, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. And welcome inside another episode. We've got a pitching special podcast here as we get set for we'll be joined by softball pitching coach Allison Owen momentarily. But first, we're going to sit down with Georgia Tech baseball pitching coach Jason Howell. And coach, so thrilled to have you with us. And as you look back on this past weekend, opening weekend of conference play, a series that came down to the final inning there on both Sunday and Saturday, and Miami able to nudge you ahead for the series victory. What were your thoughts on uh, the first three games of conference play? Uh, first of all, just a really good series, especially if you're a fan and keeps you on the edge of your seat and does the same thing if you're coaching playing in it. So an exciting series, ACC series, for sure to open up the weekend. As far as the performance of the pitching staff, this is a group that had a lot returning from a year ago, felt like they could do some things this year. How have they performed uh, in your assessment thus far through the first month? So far, things looked really good with the guys. I feel like, you know, like you said, a lot of experience coming back, a lot of older guys who finally kind of getting healthy and a talented group of youngsters as well. So I feel like the starters have kind of been right on cue with where they've been and, and some guys getting into bullpen roles and young guys seeing where they fit in as well. You touched on it with Curry and Thomas being known commodities. Brant Herter into that Sunday role, he's had two really impressive starts against the likes of UCLA and Northwestern. Strode a little bit against Miami, in which they were able to work some deep counts against him. What have you seen from him, and, and how much has that slider changed what he's doing? Well, it's been great seeing what he's done for us. I think we saw flashes of it last year with him coming in and doing what he did midweek for us as well. You know, He made a real big effort in the summer as we left here to make sure working on one uh, filling his position, getting a little athletic in that, and then also working on slaughter as opposed to being just a strike, get me over pitch, more of a put out pitch and throwing it with hand speed. And went off in the summer, did a great job with that, and then that carried over into the fall and what we're seeing right now. It just gives him another element and another dimension that you just can't sit back on the big guy's heater. What's his ceiling as as a pitcher? I mean, the guy is six foot six, left handed certainly seems like all the tools are there to be, uh, at some point, perhaps a Friday night starter. Yeah, I think so. I think he just continues to grow, and he will continue to do that. You know, the slider, as good as we've seen it, it, it's still got its inconsistent moments. And the more he's out there, I think he'll just gain more confidence and more command over that pitch. You know, velocity, we've seen a velocity spike this year from a year ago. And the more he's out there with that, and the stronger and bigger he gets, and maturity-wise, I see that to continue as, to grow as well. Xavier Curry getting the start in the opener this weekend against Virginia, Georgia Tech, and the Cavaliers going at it for the ACC home opener. For Xavion, he's a guy who seems to he's maintained his velocity through starts. Really shouldn't see God on campus sitting there in the 93-94 range. If he really wants to reach back, he can run it up a little faster. From a breaking ball perspective, he seems like he's found that this year. How did you guys go through that process trying to make sure that was a pitch he could repeat over and over again? It was similar to Herter. You know, he came in. Xavion is a real good strike thrower with the fastball and didn't have much of a breaking pitch. We really concentrated in the first year on trying to get him something that just get it over, show something different for a strike. And then we saw last year, especially at the very end of the year in that Pittsburgh series, just trusting it and throwing it with hand speed and, and letting it do its thing. And that's carried over into this year. And what we should see more of Xavion now that he's kind of got the breaking ball as a strikeout pitch, we've been doing the same thing with the changeup. It's always been there. It's been good for him in bullpens, and the couple times we've thrown it in games, it's it's been effective as well. So look forward to the rest of the season with him, continue with the hard slaughter, and then seeing how the changeup can mix in also. When you say hand speed, that you're referring to having the same type of speed 
across every pitch, fastball, breaking ball, changeup. Is that right, or what do you what do you mean by hand speed? Yeah, that's right. Just trying to get everything out of the hand to appear the same to hitters. Not really slowing down on any of the pitches. Trying to keep it in the same arm slot. Um, you guys know the age of of analytics that we're in. <laughs> we have not only video, but we've got TrackMan data and our synergy and things that can really help help show that stuff too. So. You know, the hand speed's obviously important, but then also the same slot and seeing release height and things on pitches as well. We've discussed the rotation to this point. Let's take a look now at the bullpen. And, and you've got two guys you seem to trust in there a pretty good bit. Keaton Gibson, Jonathan Hughes, fourth-year arms that have uh, had some bright moments this year. In your mind, from a philosophical standpoint, would you prefer to have one guy log two, two and a third innings on one night and then use the other guy for multiple innings the following night? Or would you prefer to have kind of a, a defined role where, okay, it's one inning and we'll use you in that spot over the course of two or three days if you're in a close game? Uh, I think no perfect world. Um, those guys are obviously equipped to get pitch count close to 50. So if we have to go three innings with them, we feel perfectly comfortable doing that. I think the absolute perfect world would be where you're using guys as little as possible as much as possible, where they're just throwing their inning to two innings and available every day to every other day, and hopefully using one on one day, having the other for the next, and then the other one bounce back two days after that. I've kind of looked back on the Sam Clay, Dusty Isaacs years of those guys piggybacking off of one another with what was a successful season and, and successful years for both of those guys. That group led the Yellow Jackets to the 2014 ACC Championship. And, and Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's nothing uh, against the rules that says you can win a game by seven or eight runs, right? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That'd work out pretty well as well. Absolutely. <laughs> as we wrap things up here, let's talk about some of the new faces that have made some contributions here early. Uh, really a trio. You've got the transfer, Amos Willingham. Uh, he's made a couple midweek starts thus far, looked awfully sharp. And then the likes of Court Rodig, a freshman from Florida, and Luke Bartnicki. Uh, freshman southpaw from Georgia. With those three guys, how do you see their roles developing now that you've kind of got those double midweek, uh, five games per week, weeks behind you, and now you have a chance to kind of get those guys in a more defined and, and repetitive role? I think uh, Amos, starting off with, has done a really good job of being in a weekly routine, getting himself ready for midweek starts, and, and obviously stone really well and seems to be a staple at that point for right now. And then both Rodig and Bartnicki, both those guys have big arms and and they show they can really recover. And I think those guys are going to have a do a good job out of the bullpen for us for right now. Not saying they can't jump into starting at some point if something happens, but they've um, you know they've kind of solidified themselves as being some big arms and big bodies that can come in in the back end of games and hopefully bridge the gap for uh, Hughes and Gibson. Tristan English, a uh, guy I know you guys discussed having near the back of the bullpen. He's been able to get in just one game as a pitcher this month here in March. Uh, it was on March 2nd. I know he's been a little bit banged up. How are you guys handling him and, and, and from an availability standpoint coming out of the pen? You know, obviously he's such a big part to our offense. Hitting three-hole, had you know multiple home runs down in Miami and has had some really key at-bats for us, and we're not wanting to do anything to take him away from those opportunities. But then also try to keep him available as a pitcher as needed as well. So I think uh, time will kind of tell with him. Uh, he's in good shape in both ways, but we're wanting to do the best for him for both here at Georgia Tech and his future. Coach, thanks for your time. Best of luck this weekend, and uh, look forward to having you on real soon. Thanks for having me. All right, next up we got softball pitching coach Allison Owen as the Georgia Tech softball team also hosts Virginia and their ACC opener. That's next on From the Flats.
And we're now joined by Georgia Tech softball pitching coach Allison Owen coming off the first weekend of ACC play. It was a hard-fought battle in Blacksburg. Hokies taking two of three by the slimmest of margins there at the end. But uh, what were your thoughts on the opening weekend of conference play, and how did you think the girls performed specifically in the circle? I think they did a good job of keeping the hitters off balance. I think we mixed speeds quite a bit, and I think that worked to their benefit. Um, I think they did well in hitters counts, um, a little bit better than preseason. So I think if they can keep producing outs when they do get in hitters counts, I think they're going to find more success. Um, I think they have been working really hard on working ahead of batters. So I think that's a goal of theirs that um, they're working to attain and it is getting better and better. So that's a good sign. Um, I do think that they were put in some tough situations and worked themselves out of it and trusted their defense a little bit more than they have been as well. So I think they're taking strides in the right direction. I think Morgan did a good job of commanding her pitches in the circle. Um, and I think the pitchers behind her, I think Brooke had a good weekend um, and Brooke was able to come through and uh, spin through the zone. So I think uh, if they can keep doing their job and whatever their job may be, then uh, we're going to be looking pretty good. With the loss of Emily Anderson's second team all-conference selection last year due to graduation, this is a group that had to replace north of 200 innings from last year's team. How do you think between the trio of Amber Johns, Morgan Bruce, a couple transfers, and Brooke Barfield now a junior, how have they performed thus far in your assessment? You know, Emily did a great job last year. She kept hitters off balance. She spun through the zone well, um, and she got us through some pretty big games. Um, so losing her, you know, we had to go out and, and seek for people who were competitive and find people who wanted the ball. So I think Morgan and Amber have done a really good job with, uh, you know, their previous um, schools and different pitching coaches and different techniques and coming in and applying what we teach here and what we trust in here to the circle. I think they both want the ball. I think they're very competitive and I think they've done a good job. Um, the great thing is, is there's a lot of room for, grow, uh, for growth for all three of them. Um, you know, Brooke is, this is year two with her and I, and she's settling in well. She had a really good game against Mercer this week. So um, if she continues to work hard, I think she'll be seeing the mound more. Um, but as far as Morgan and Amber go, I think uh, they're doing a good job. I think that if they continue to um, apply what they're learning to the pins to the circle, they're going to see more success. Brooke was lights out on a Wednesday night against Mercer. Six innings allowed just the one run. She allowed just one hit through those first six innings before the seventh inning got a little hairy. What did she do so well earlier this week and on the heels of some really strong relief effort in Blacksburg? Um, getting her you know, back in the circle and getting her comfortable is really the, the biggest component here. I think she looked really confident last night um, as well as this weekend. I think she spun the ball well um, and she produced outs. She trusted her defense and I think if she continues to do so, I think you're going to see her a lot more. And between those three names, you've got Morgan Bruce, right-hander, more of a power pitcher, Amber Johns, who can spin the ball extremely well from the right side as well, and then Brooke Bean from the left side. From a philosophical standpoint, I'm not going to sit here and suggest you turn down a complete game shutout from one of those arms, <laughs> but as far as mixing and matching, do you kind of like how that plays against opposing lineups? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're all completely different, and you know, that's when we had both of both of the transfers coming in. I was like, these are completely different looks here, and you can do a lot with that. Um, so I certainly think, as much as we want a pitcher to go to a seven inning shutout, you know, I think it's awesome that we do have people that can come in in relief, um, as far as starting or middle relief or even closing um, if need be. So definitely um, a, a big benefit and a big bonus to having them um, with different looks. As far as the team's concerned, 16-10, and 10, one ACC weekend in the books, one and two. You've got Virginia coming in this weekend. One of the storylines beyond the circle has been the play of Bree Roper. 
I know that's not your primary area of focus, but you've got to be at least a little relieved that you're not having to call pitches against her, right? Like your uh, counterparts. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, Rope's done a great job. I mean, she sees the ball well. She she's smart on the bases when she does get on, and um, you know you can always trust that when she's in the box, she's going to do some damage. So um, she, she's she's done a really really good job, especially coming off of last year. You know, there was a lot of growth for her there, and she she had a decent season last year. So I think if she continues to see the ball and track the ball, you know, see it big, hit it big, then then we're going to be in good position in the circle. So Conference leader in hits, doubles, and a few other categories. As far as growing and taking that next step, you know, her and her sophomore year, your, this coaching staff in its second year here at Georgia Tech, you guys drastically overperformed a lot of the preseason projections last season, now picked to finish in the middle of the conference. In your mind, as you guys get set for this gauntlet that's the ACC, what do you want to see uh, from not only your colleagues but as well as the team as a whole trying to take that next step and making the ACC tournament now trying to win an ACC tournament game. Coming into this season and, and you know having our first weekend of ACCs under wraps I think I've seen a little bit of a shift in our team. They're extremely competitive. They're all, they're focused every single inning, every single pitch which has been awesome. Um, they've had more fun I think this season than I saw at this point last season. So with all of that in mind um, coming into this weekend having our first ACC series at home I think is huge. I think our coaching staff is certainly very, very excited, and the players are coming out to practice um, with that competitive championship mindset every day. So uh, we're excited to have the weekend and be able to host at home. And the best news possibly is that the forecast a lot more favorable here in week two of conference play than battling the snow in Blacksburg last week, right? Very much so, yeah. <laughs> excited to see the sun. No question about it. Well, we've got a three-game slate at the Mew this weekend, 4 o'clock against Virginia on Friday, and then a 1 o'clock and a noon start on Saturday and Sunday. Coach Owen, thanks for your time. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for us in this week's episodes of From the Flats. Be sure to check out both the baseball and the softball team all weekend long as they host Virginia. And keep it locked right here on Georgia Tech Podcast for your latest in Yellow Jacket audio. You've been listening to the From the Flats Podcast, brought to you by AT&T. Be sure to tune in to the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage. And subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.